0: Hello and welcome to CCTV's Channel 17 Town Meeting Television and another in our 2019 Live Candidate Forums. I'm your host, Matt Kelly. On tonight's show, candidates vying for North District City Council seats. On March 6th, one of these three candidates will be the next City Councilor for the North District. Let's meet our candidates. Vying for, uh, uh, for the position as a Democrat is Franklin Paldino. As an independent, we have Kenan Christensen. And also running as an independent, we have Erica Bundy-Reddick. Our format for this evening is a 60-second candidate opening statement, followed by a round-robin question and answer, with the candidates answering questions uh, that I will give them. The candidates have been given the questions ahead of time. Time now for our opening statements. Ladies first, Erica Bundy Reddick, let's begin with you.
1: Thank you. It's really nice to know that chivalry is not dead here in Burlington. Uh, my name is Erica Bundy Reddick, and uh, born and raised in Vermont, family ties to the New North End since the early 60s and uh, running as an independent but I'm also uh, self-proclaimed conservative and uh, I just don't like labels at least not today I don't like labels and so we're gonna go with that and uh, my big thing for Vermont is economic development my big thing for Burlington especially is economic development, economic development, conscious economic development and that's my, that's my statement.
0: Very good. Uh, Kenan Christensen, your 60-second opening statement.
1: My name is
2: Kenan Christensen, and I'm running for the North District to represent the New North End. The reason why I'm running is because I believe that when communities are working together, All of us thrive. We can find solutions to housing affordability here in Burlington. We can find solutions to climate change. We can find solutions to making North Avenue safer, and we can bring community services out to the new North End. I'm a young attorney here in town. I represented survivors of violence. I've represented multi-million dollar corporations, and I'm a former law clerk to Justice Beth Robinson. I believe in excellence through hard work, and that's what I'm gonna do for all of you when I'm elected as your next city councilor.
0: Very good. Uh, Franklin Pauldino, your opening statement.
3: My name's Franklin Paulino, and I'm the Democratic candidate for the North District seat. And I am running for office because I have a passion for public service, and I'm dedicated to helping people. I've been a career prosecutor for most of my career. And as a prosecutor, I know this community. I work for T.J. Donovan and Sarah George. And during those four years, I know this community's struggles. I see them every day. Our priority needs to be to bring a common-sense approach to city government, to get more things done for our tax dollars, to get more value for our city's assets. That's why I'm running. I'm a father of three. My wife was born and raised here. As a partner to my wife and a father to my three children, a career prosecutor, I will ask tough questions and get results.
0: Very good. Our 60-second opening statements from our candidates. Thank you for all of uh, those statements. It's a pleasure and honor to actually share the stage with each of you. you. I want to salute your courage for uh, your willingness to serve our city. We have a question. Uh, The phone lines are already uh, lighting up, so we'll go to line (laughs) one right here. Uh, um, Caller, you're on the air with uh, our candidate forums for our North District uh, uh, City Council. Your question, please.
4: Great, thank you. Recently, news broke out that a current city council candidate has a history of tweeting sexist and violent comments about women. Best Canada has not pulled out of the race, and organizations like Rights and Democracy, as well as the Progressive Party, have not rescinded their endorsement of this candidate. Kenan, received the endorsement of these groups as well. What do you think of the situation? I hear from Keenan first. Thank you.
0: Okay, very good. Uh, we'll uh, uh, let go of that uh, call. and. Um Keenan, the question was to you. There are some uh, racist comments, or rather some misogynist comments from someone who has received a progressive endorsement, uh, as you have as well. Um, Your response to the question, please.
2: So uh, the tweets were hit me at a very visceral level. I had the privilege of representing survivors of violence for the last year. And, you know, I was really upset and disillusioned by the tweets. Um, you know, I condemn them. I issued a statement shortly after th- I found out about them. Um, but I'm really focused on how we move forward as a community because there is gonna be a lot of hard work that uh, the other candidate is gonna have to put in to really build bridges and to bring folks together. Violence impacts all of us. And it impacts all of us in uh, various ways. And I'm really focused on how we move forward as a community. It's gonna take a lot of hard work. you know. When I came out to my father uh, as gay, it did not go over well. He was very upset. He did not accept my sexuality. and. It- I could have ostracized him. I could have said, no, we're not going to have a relationship. It took a lot of hard work and effort to build that relationship back up. And I'm so glad that we did because it allowed me and my father to have a really good relationship. I encourage Mohammed to continue to put in hard work. He came with me yesterday to go see uh, restraining order hearings where frequently survivors are appearing without representation from an attorney, where frequently they have to face their abuser who has an attorney. We can do better here in Vermont. And one of the things that I'm proposing as city council is funding a city attorney to provide that representation to survivors so that no one seeking a restraining
0: order has to go into court alone. Very good. Erica Bundy-Reddick, I'd like uh, your response as well. 60 seconds, please.
1: Yeah, I have to admit, I have not read all of the tweets myself. Um, So what exactly the content of them was, I cannot speak to. Um, I I have a few feelings about this. Uh, On a personal level, obviously it's horrifying. You know, you never want to hear about people being sexist or racist or anything, because that kind of hate and misunderstanding just doesn't make sense to me. I wasn't raised that way and it doesn't register. So it just makes me really sad. Um, Now that being said, this person is out in the open being public about it and They get to say whatever they want because we have what's called freedom of speech here. And I then get to vote with my feet. And if this person I know happens to be a misogynist, I'm not going to go where they work. I'm not going to buy from their store. I'm not going to vote for them for city council. And now it's out in the open that they are who they are. And so it's not a secret. And so to me, better off. If, if you know who the racists are in your community or the sexists are, you're better off, because then at least you can figure out how to deal with it. I'm,
0: I apologize. I'm just yeah. I'm trying to keep everybody Fair. on time. And, Thank you. Um, so Franklin Paulino, uh, your 60-second uh, response to the question poised to uh, Kenan Christensen. Well,
3: these races are, should be about the voters. And the constituency should send the, the candidate a message. This behavior will not be tolerated. It was just a few years ago this behavior happened. It was a pattern. And Rights and Democracy has stood by their candidate. That's party over politics. Burlingtonians know better. They'll Mm -hmm. see right through it. Transparency.
0: Very good. Uh, We're going to move right on. We've got uh, the phone tree lighting up here. So plenty of questions (laughs) from the uh, audience, from our our constituents. So we'll move right on here to our line two. Uh, Caller, you're on the air here with our North District candidates for city council. Your question, please?
4: Yes, uh, good evening. My name is Dale and I live in the New North End, Ward 7, represented by each of these candidates if they are successful. my um, question concerns safety on North Avenue. Um, what are your plans to make North Avenue a safer venue to travel as far as vehicles, pedestrians, bicycling, and any other mode of transportation? And I will warn you, that if anyone comes up with the idea of more bollards and more planters then you ain't getting my vote. (laughs) I hope you got
0: a better way of going about it than that. Okay, thank you Dale. Uh, The question was uh, about making uh, North Avenue safer and just uh, for disclosure purposes, I have personally lost property as a result of the uh, traffic change on North Avenue, so I am Definitely uh, concerned about this corridor of traffic, and I'm very interested in each of your response. Martha, or Martha, excuse me. Erica <laughs> Bundy Reddick uh, will begin with your uh, answer to the question about North Avenue safety.
1: Um, I would love to have a really intelligent well-articulated answer for this question um, and frankly I don't um, my understanding is that there is a process already underway um, the city already has a number of plans for lighting and sidewalks and da, 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 and so as a representative government I'm going to trust that they're moving in the right direction
0: mm-hmm. and <clears throat> excuse me Franklin Polino your uh, response thank you so, I would support the five-lighted
3: crosswalks like they have on Pine Street. Yep. And they, those need to happen as soon as possible. We, don't, we shouldn't wait till the federal funds come into play. Mm-hmm. We need bus pullouts so the buses can move out of the way and they can stop and drop off their passengers easily and safely. We also need an ambulance service. We need an ambulance service It's going to be on the ballot in 2020, but we need it as soon as possible. And we also need uh, safer, Uh, sidewalks for our senior citizens. Mm. It is unacceptable that the Heineberg senior citizens cannot take a leisurely walk around the
0: building. Very good. Uh, Kenan Christensen, Christensen a 60-second response, please.
2: I wholeheartedly agree we need those lighted crosswalks. We were promised them two years ago, and we still don't have them. That's mm. unacceptable. In addition to the lighted crosswalks, we need to make sure that we have the chirping devices on the, on the crosswalks, because we have a number of blind neighbors who cannot cross the street because they don't have the ability to know when the lights have changed, because we don't have the chirping devices. In addition, I agree that the, uh, the sort of armadillo bike uh, barriers, along with the large plastic barriers, are ineffective. Uh, and we need to find a different solution. It's a waste of tax dollars to install them because they were already been taken out by plows. We need to find a better solution, and I think that we can do that by exploring uh, you know, better installments of uh, some, a more permanent uh, solution that includes green space. In addition, I think that we need to increase uh, crosswalks near uh, the bus stations because we have a number of people who are getting off the bus and don't have a crosswalk to cross at, resulting in folks darting across the street, and we need to fix that. And finally, we need to increase lighting along North Avenue, because when it's dark at night, it's very difficult for folks to see, and it's very difficult for folks to see not only when they're walking along the sidewalk, but for drivers to see who's trying to cross the street.
0: Mm -hmm. So more lights, more lighted crosswalks, get rid of those plastic barriers. Okay, Uh, we're gonna move right on here. Um, It looks like we don't have a question at this point from the audience, so we'll move on here to our questions uh, that you've been provided with before, and we'll start with uh, you, Franklin. Do you you, uh, support the uh, city's economic Development strategy, and if not, what uh, what do you see as alternative proposals that you'd like to pursue? I,
3: I do support uh, what is Mayor Moreau uh, what he has done for the city. He's done a great job in putting the city on the right path. It's our job to continue his work and what he's done. Um, I think that he's done a great job. I think City Place is a very positive, will be a very positive change. We need to grow Burlington to in a smart way. We need to keep the Vermont image, but attract new people and keep the people that want to stay here. And that's why I propose affordable housing as well as part of my public safety platform. Okay,
0: uh, Keenan Christensen, um, the economic development strategy of Burlington. Do you support it?
2: So I think that the economic development strategy for Burlington has been too focused on downtown, and in particular, it's been too focused on what the developers need and not what the community needs. I think you know, City Place would have been a great idea had the financing been in place and had City Council and the mayor done its job to ensure that before uh, Don Sinek's uh, broke ground, that the financing was in place so that we didn't end up with a hole in the ground. I think what we really need is to not put all of our eggs in one basket and continue the economic development out into the New North End. We have some of the greatest restaurants down in uh, in the New North End. We have some of the greatest activity centers, and I want to see more of that development coming out to the New North End. The New North End sends about $2.1 to $2.2 million a year down to City Hall, and it it feels like very little of that money is coming back out to the New North End. I think we can do better, and I think the New North End deserves better.
0: All right, and Erica Bunny Reddick, uh, your thoughts on uh, economic development?
1: This was my favorite question that you sent us. Um, I looked uh, to answer this question. I looked at CEDO's strategic plan for twenty nineteen for the city, and I mean, there's a hundred things on the list, but there were a few that really stuck out for me. And one is reduction of regulatory barriers to building, which is one of the biggest reasons that we have housing shortage. Well, it's a reason that we have housing shortage. Um, And it's affecting people being able to keep property in the family. So as an example, my grandparents' house in the New North End has some weird zoning issue that now I can't get a mortgage to buy it, and the only person who's going to be able to is an investor who can pay cash for it. So (laughs) we're like losing our community because of silly regulations that don't make any sense. One of the big ones that I love that they're planning to do is mapping the city to see where there are opportunities for building, for growth, where are there gaps in services, and that way we can see like what do we actually need here. And that way we can have, I'm calling it conscious economic development. Rather than waiting until our infrastructure is crumbling and we're forced to seek outside investment to help us kind of catch back up, Let's start deciding who we want to come here. Like, Champlain College, as an example, has a program where they teach um, video game development. Why doesn't EA Sports have a production site here that they can utilize all of these young college graduates? Time. So. Oh, but there's so much more.
0: (laughs) I'm sorry. Uh, It's a great uh, uh, topic, I I understand. We have a lot of callers dialing in, and we'd like to uh, uh, answer their calls. So we'll uh, go right to the phones right now. And, Caller, you're on the uh, line here uh, with the uh, North District City Council candidates. Do you have a question, please?
4: I do, yes. Uh, My name is Andrew. This question is for all of the candidates. I want to know uh, what you've been doing during the campaign to reach out to uh, the residents and hear about issues affecting this
0: community. OK. Uh, a sort of a general question about what you've been doing to reach out to the community and answer uh, some of the questions that they may have. So Keenan, I believe uh, it's your turn to start.
2: So. I started my campaign in early December and the first thing that I did was coordinate my campaign, get as many of my neighbors involved as possible because this, I wanted this campaign to be about people first. I have been knocking on, every, on my neighbors' doors. I've personally <coughs> knocked now on over 700 doors because I want to hear from my neighbors and I want to hear what issues are important to them. I've had several house parties with our neighbors where we've had great discussions about uh, all of the issues that are impacting the New North End. I have gone, again, to over 700 doors to personally hear from folks because I'm invested in representing our community and making sure that your interests are being heard. And finally, I have been working very hard to ensure that our next city councilor puts the New North End's interests first and is really concerted on making sure that all of us thrive in the New North, New North End, not just those of us that can afford to thrive. Thank you. Erica Bundy-Reddick,
0: uh, your uh, outreach and what have you heard?
1: Yeah, that's that's a great question. I. I have to tell you that I literally put my name in the hat like two weeks ago. (laughs) Um, So I love that my uh, cohorts here have been out there pounding the pavement. I mean, that's really what we have to do here, um, is talk to the people, because we can um, pontificate up here all we want and we can have coffee and speak anecdotally about what we think is going on, but until you actually hear it, so when you know I was walking around knocking on doors introducing myself to neighbors you know they were telling me about you know concern about the changes to the fire department and the ambulance services and their fears and you know, really everyone is just afraid like uh, they just want to live their life and they just want to be happy and so that's really ultimately the conversation that I've been having with people is like we just want to be happy and we don't want people to mess with our stuff and hey we're scared cuz there's a drug epidemic and things are falling apart and we don't know what to do. And the worst thing that we could do is not actually just sit and like be with one another cuz that's ultimately what this is like we're in a community and we depend we are <laughs> we're dependent on one another to make this thing work and so if we just kind of like stick in our little bubble and pretend like there's no one else out there that has a different opinion than me, um, we're not going to get very far.
0: OK. And Franklin Paulino, um, what have uh, your outreach efforts been like and what have you been hearing in the community? So. Uh
3: One of the things I've done is go door to door and knock on people's doors and hear them out, to hear their thoughts and concerns. And in my campaign, I've been running campaigns centered around Mr. Hartnett's endorsement of me because nobody knows the North End like Dave Hartnett. Nobody's been 20 years in a retail business working every day talking to people in the New North End. And Dave's gone door to door with me day in and day out. And we've hit events at the Heineberg Center. We've employed social media strategies uh, such as Facebook, Twitter, uh, you name it, you've probably seen it, and so uh, I think what this campaign should be about is about the new north end and bringing new blood in there that's going to represent our people and be accountable to them. And so we've posted on Front Porch Forum. Um, there hasn't been a, an option we haven't used thus far, and we'll continue to do that because we're, I'm going to continue knocking on doors because we got about 4,000 doors in our, in our wards. So.
0: Very good. Okay. Uh, We're going to continue to move on uh, and go to our phone lines here for another question. Uh, Hello, uh, caller. You're on the air here with our North District City Council candidates. Do you have a question for our, our candidates?
4: yeah uh thank you. uh a little over a week ago there were uh there was a horrifying attack uh, on both the Pride Center and the synagogue, and I'm wondering what each of the candidates will uh, do to uh, help the most vulnerable members of our community feel safe in Brockton. Okay.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Um, I believe Erica Bundy-Reddick, uh, this question starts with you. Uh, a horrifying attack <laughs> um, that really illustrates intolerance. And I think in our community, we're seeing a rise of intolerance. Can you address that? And and what uh, you think the city council role plays in trying to tamp that down?
1: Yeah, this is actually a really great question and I'm glad that I get to answer it. I have literally been saying for years that the greatest thing that creates fear between races, sexes, classes, whatever, is lack of proximity. And I say that because growing up as a white person in a predominantly white state, um, I didn't, I don't, necessarily understand I can be empathetic to people of other races but I can't understand what they're going through because I lack proximity to them and so when I moved to to Texas and I really got involved more in uh, well my my husband is black and all of his friends and family are every race that there is because he's a military brat and So you start to see like what people are dealing with and then you and then you get to better understand it. And so as long as there is this barrier to being able to ask the stupid questions or the questions that are going to make you sound stupid, (laughs) because you've always wondered and you don't understand, like when we don't have those opportunities and and all the conversation just gets immediately shut down before, you know, as bad before anybody can really start to understand each other. Obviously, I'm not saying like attacks on synagogues are okay. Right? Like, no. And we can judge them and we can punish them after the fact. But what I would rather see is a community discourse where people are allowed to ask questions and be ignorant and stupid (laughs) and not be judged for it so that they can better understand.
0: Very good. Uh, Franklin Paulino, your 60 second response. Uh, Do you see intolerance on the rise in our city? And if so, what do you think the city council role is to to tamp that down?
3: I think our role needs to be to lead by example. I think our role needs to be to keep prosecuting people for hate crimes. I think our our role needs to be to encourage neighborhood watch groups. I think we need to fund our police departments so that if there is more of these attacks, and that's what they should be called attacks, um, that we can properly respond. Um, You know, We're lucky enough to have a great police department and that has video cameras and we're able to prosecute these cases. Uh, Our office has, has done so and we've taken them to the Supreme Court and will continue to fight for the disenfranchised. I think it's a very, very important issue. I was very uh, lucky to see and glad to see that uh, City Council President Kurt Wright allowed a resolution to pass on Monday that uh, calling these attacks uh, a terrible act and that we won't stand for that.
0: Okay, uh, Kenan Christensen, 60 second response. Uh, intolerance on the rise, acts of violence uh, in our city. Your response?
2: Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree with Franklin that we need to continue to support our criminal justice system, in particular our police officers uh, and the folks out there that are doing the hard work to hold folks accountable, but we can do more. We need to continue having conversations with one another and engaging our community. You know, as a white as a white person, when I find out that a person of color feels like they're not welcome here, I wanna stand shoulder to shoulder with them. That's why when there was a protest over these, over these heinous act, I was there. I showed up because I know that standing up and standing with our neighbors of color and with our most impacted community members is how we're going to get the best results from this. It's not just about criminal justice. It's about engaging our community and having the difficult conversations. That's why I'm all about hard work. These conversations are hard. They're gonna take a lot of hard work to to move us past these sort of racial stigmas and homophobic stigmas that many of us have felt. But we need to have these conversations because it's how we're gonna move forward. And it's what's gonna help us come together as a community, because at the end of the day, we're all neighbors. We're all working together to try and find the best path forward. Time, I
0: apologize. Uh, Again, the phone tree is lighting up here. We're gonna go to uh, line one here and take another caller. Uh, uh, Caller, you're live on the air here with uh, North District candidates for Burlington City Council. Do you have a question, please? Caller? Caller? Right, we'll move right here to uh, line two. Exciting. Collar, you're uh, live on the air here with uh, Burlington City Council candidates for the North District. Do you have a question, please?
4: Yes, uh, my question for the candidates. If elected, what factors would they consider when deciding whether to add a referendum question to the ballot when mm-hmm. residents actually collect the required number of signatures?
0: Very good. Good question. Thank you. In fact, this is a question that we do have on our uh, uh list of questions that all the candidates have been provided. How should the city handle advisory questions? Keenan Christensen, the question to you, please.
2: So I think if we're going to have a referendum process, we need to respect it. You know, I, this, when it comes to the City Hall Park, for example, I was very much in favor of the park. I'm on record as being in favor of the park. But just because I'm in favor of the park doesn't mean that I think we should ignore the fact that over 3,000 of our citizens got the requisite signatures to be put on the ballot. We need to respect the referendum process because just because i might disagree with a referendum on this juncture doesn't mean that down the down the road i might agree with the next one if we're going to have a referendum process we've got to respect it and again if 3000 people put enough signatures on the ballot or get enough signatures to be put on the ballot they should be allowed to have their voices heard that's the kind of campaign i've been running this entire time is about hearing our voices and making sure that people can have their voices heard and if we're not going to respect the process that allows people to have their voices heard then we shouldn't have the process to begin with
0: Okay. Erica Bundy-Reddick, uh, should every uh, advisory question that the community uh, comes up with go on the city ballot, or should the City Council continue to make that decision?
1: Um, I I agree 100% with Keenan that if we have a process in place, we need to honor it. Uh, my understanding is that they did honor it with <laughs> um, the City Hall Park issue, and again, from what I understand, from what I've been told from other city council people, is that for whatever reason, they didn't meet all the criteria. I don't know. It's a he said, she said thing. So whatever. I'm, I'm not sure. What I do know, however, is we have a representative government. And if we aren't going to trust city council to do the job that we gave them to do, then why do we have a city council at all? And I guess that's really all I have okay, to say about that.
0: Franklin Polino, your mm. response: uh, Should the uh, all advisory questions automatically go on the ballot?
1: No,
3: and I, I think Erica said it best at, at the end there that you know city council members we're elected for a reason. We're elected to do our jobs. So while I fully support certain questions getting on the ballot and people having their say. Uh, the questions should be reviewed by the city council. it's mm-hmm. and we should frankly work together. we We, you know, City Hall Park is a great example. There were twenty two meetings held. There was input. there was a commission that was started. and an agreement was made for uh, between the groups against the renovation and with to establish this commission. and then the petition process was started. So while, I think it's important to have advisory questions. We also need to realize that at a certain point, Mm -hmm. our citizens want us to get to work. They want results and they want to get value for their tax dollars.
1: Very good. Can I add something? Sure. If that's okay. Uh, Just a 30 seconds. Um, Yeah, that's Uh, fine. The other thing um, about uh, putting all of the advisory questions on the ballot and why we have have a representative republic to begin with is because we want to avoid mob rule. And that sounds like crazy, but that's ultimately like what they say is that the reason for a representative republic is to make sure that people can't just go crazy and take over. And that's my history lesson for the day.
0: All right, and we'll allow Keenan a 30-second response as well.
2: I think that so the real difference between me and my opponents is that you know folks deserve to have their voices heard and you know I don't think that we should be politicizing the referendum process. You know if the City Council is gonna pick and choose which referendum items they're gonna put on the ballot, that's gonna be really dependent upon you know what issues they think are invaluable and which issues they don't. If we're going to have a referendum process, we've got to respect that process. Mm
0: -hmm. All right, we're gonna move on again. We have uh, the phone tree lighting up here we're just going to pick line four here uh, caller uh, you're on the air live with city council candidates from the north district Do you have a question please
4: hi um, my question was um, as a pedestrian
2: I sometimes struggle to get around the new north end I was just wondering what the candidates
4: suggest doing in order to make Burlington more accessible for uh, pedestrians and bikers specifically.
0: Okay. Thank you. Uh, We sort of addressed this question with uh, North Avenue safety. I think we're actually going to move on only because we did uh, address that. So we'll take another question here. Uh, uh, Caller, you're live on the air with uh, City Council candidates from the North District. Do you have a question for our our candidates?
4: Uh, Yes, I do. Um, I was wondering what the candidate's plan to address the opioid epidemic in Burlington is.
0: All right, then, Franklin, we'll begin with you. I think this is uh, right up your alley, actually.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: So as
3: as a prosecutor here in Chittenden County, I've seen the effects of the opioid epidemic. I, was, uh, I couldn't uh, say enough words about the press conference recently held showing that Chittenden County is at the forefront of leading the decline in deaths as a result of overdoses. Mm. Uh, I think we need to provide uh, all the medications to prevent overdoses everywhere. I think we need to provide fentanyl test strips everywhere as pos- as, uh, that we can. I think it shouldn't be something that's limited access as well as we need more sober houses. We need places for people to go immediately once they decide to make the decision to, go so- to remain sober. And we need help- resources to help them get there. Um, I think that one of the things that is lacking right now is residential treatment centers and sober houses. So I support a financing uh, package with the city to subsidize uh, a local Vermonter to start a sober house because they can be amazing places, a 12-step program, um, to get people on the right path.
0: Uh, I'm going to follow up here with uh, uh, a follow-up question here that I'll uh, uh, also ask each of the candidates to answer as well. There have been proposals about safe needle exchanges, et cetera, et cetera. Do you support that, uh, that uh, proposal?
3: I do. I I, I think that we should be doing everything we can for our citizens. We owe it to them, and we should give it a try. And I know it's not a concept that everybody's comfortable with, so I support a mobile uh, place where people can go and. The the place can go to where the need is in terms, and it can be publicized, and a doctor can be on staff. I think it's a great idea.
0: Hmm. Uh, Keenan Christensen, uh, your response about the opioid epidemic and what you think the city council should do to try to uh, address it.
2: Yeah, here again, I wholeheartedly agree with my, with Franklin that, that many of the things that the city are doing regarding the opioid crisis is, is very good and it's helping a lot of folks. I think there's two things that we can do. I agree that we need sober houses and safe houses for folks to get clean, but they need to be safe and they need to be regulated. Uh, and we need to make sure that we're putting in a plan in place so that when folks get out of the sober houses or when they're getting out of treatment, we have community support ready to step in. You know, when I was serving on the Circles of Support and Accountability, it's a group of members that get together that helped Uh, prisoners transitioning out of prison and back into the community. We can do something very similar for folks transitioning out of treatment so that they feel connected to the community. I was talking to a principal on Woodbury Street who was telling me that many of her students are are turning to opioids because they just don't feel like they have community connection. We can find solutions to this by engaging the community, by creating the similar sort of situation as a COSA for folks coming out of treatment so that when you come out you immediately step into a group of individuals who are going to be there If you're having a crisis, if you need support, if you just need someone to talk to, that's one of the great ways we're gonna stop
0: the opioid epidemic. And then to ask you as well, do you support a Safe Needle Exchange site? Absolutely, wholeheartedly. Okay, Erica Bunny reddick
1: Yeah, uh, great question. One that is very, uh, very close to my heart, actually. Um, I'll be celebrating my 10-year sober anniversary next month. So uh, thank you, not heroin, uh, but um, nonetheless, addiction, I don't want to say addiction is addiction, but across the board, people are turning to heroin, gambling, shopping, like whatever it is. And and it's been said, like, we don't feel like we're a part of a community anymore. And when you have a generation of people who are, you know, going off to college because they were told to and then they get out and they can't get a job and they're broke and they're living in their parents' basement, like, You're depressed and you feel lost and alone, and so shooting dope seems like a wicked good idea. And I don't mean to be flip about it, but it's a community issue. Like, it's a personal issue, right? But it's a community issue. And the barriers, frankly, for re-entry, whether it's out of uh, treatment or prison, is incredibly difficult. We talk all the time <laughs> about uh, forgiveness and redemption, but we talk about that when it relates to other people and not when it relates to us or, or when we've been hurt by it.
0: And your thoughts about uh, safe uh, needle exchange sites? and?
1: Uh, <laughs> I would, sites? I, I'm not sure. I would want to know more statistical information about the benefits of that.
0: Very good. We're going to move right on. We've got more questions here. The phone tree is lighting up. Caller, you're live on the air here at Channel 17 with our North District candidates for City Council. Do you have a question for them?
4: Yes, thank you. This question uh, concerns safety around Letty Park area. Over the last five to seven years, we've had at least two deaths at Letty Park, one involving a knife and last last year, I believe, one involving something that we don't know what happened. Hmm. Um, In the last six to eight months, the homeless community has built their homeless encampment that much closer to the actual parking lot of the shopping center, where it's actually very intimidating for customers and employees of the shopping center because it sits right there.
0: Thank you, Paul. Collar, thank you. We'll we'll, uh, address that with the candidates. Thank you very much. Uh, Safety, uh, particularly around uh, the Letty Park area, this isn't related to traffic safety, which we've already addressed. This is uh, more city safety and perhaps addressing the homeless population. And Kenan uh, Christensen, we'll begin with you on this question.
2: Yeah, so I think that we need to increase the community services that we have in the New North End because part of the issue is that we don't have the same sort of resources that other parts of the city have. And so this is why I talk about reinvesting in the New North End. Again, we're sending 2.1 to $2.2 million down to City Hall a year, and we're seeing very little of that money coming back into our communities. The safety issue is really important. We need to be supporting our police officers who can go in there and can take care of, of um, you know some of the crime that's taking place. But we've got to address housing affordability because we have an increasing homelessness problem because folks can't afford to stay in their homes. And we have to find a solution to housing affordability. And I use the phrase housing affordability instead of affordable housing because housing affordability Mm. impacts all of us. And it makes it, we have to find a solution so that whether you're, whether you're you know, on a fixed income, or whether you're a new family, or whether you're a new American, you have the support to stay in your home, to find housing, and to live a life that is really uh, a thriving life and not one that you're just struggling to get by. Time,
0: Thank you. Uh, Franklin Polino, your response. Uh, safety in the uh, New North End, particularly around the Letty Park area.
3: So I think that our new North Enders deserve to be safe. I think that you know an increased police presence is is a great idea. But what we also really need are wet shelters. We need a shelter that uh, homeless people can go to, and they can uh, they don't have to not be able to drink. And that's why, as well, I support support the sober houses because that is the reason why we have a housing crisis and why certain people choose to live behind Hannaford. So it's unfortunate that that's the choice they have to make. But I think I agree with Keenan that if we had more housing options for for people that included the ability to drink, um, they wouldn't uh, choose to live behind Hannaford. I mean, I'm I'm Mm -hmm. assuming nobody wants to live there. (laughs)
0: Uh, Erica Bundy-Reddick, your thoughts on safety in the new North End, particularly around the North, around the Letty Park area.
1: Yeah, Um, this, it's funny because it seems really like all of the things that we've been talking about relate to one another. Um, So when we're talking about a heroin epidemic, um, who else is gonna end up homeless living behind Hannaford but somebody who's dealing with mental health issues, someone who's dealing with addiction? And so there has to be a more comprehensive approach and I don't know who was here, um, if you guys lived here when um, Waterbury, the mental health facility closed, wasn't that in the 90s? Was it? I can't remember. Right
0: after uh, Hurricane Irene.
1: Mm. Um, well, I, like as our mental health facilities have continued to close, because I remember there was one that closed when I was around 20. Um, maybe it wasn't Waterbury, maybe it was Brattleboro or something. But um, you, we don't, we just don't have the resources. And when you go to places like Los Angeles um, or San Francisco and you see these homeless encampments. Um, You know, this that's what happens from unchecked um, dealing with a population of people that, frankly, nobody wants to deal with because no one knows what to do. Okay,
0: we'll move right on here. Uh, We have uh, only five minutes left, so we're going to get to our next caller here. Caller, you're live on the air with our North District City Council candidates. Do you have a question for them?
4: Um, Yes, I was just wondering if you all think the current city government has done enough to consider and hear residents' perspectives?
0: Okay. Uh, The question was, do you think the current city government has done enough to hear uh, current residents? Do you think that the current city council, the current city government, is responding to the needs of the city? And Franklin, we'll begin with you on this.
3: I think that... um our city government has been responsive to its constituency. I think in this day and age, you know, there are multiple platforms that can be used to communicate. I mean, I I talked about them earlier. So in addition to being able to post on Front Porch Forum, which I see our city councilors doing, um, I think that Twitter as well as Facebook are great uh, mediums to be able to be connected to the community. I saw our city councilors at the NPA meeting. So I I do believe that everybody is trying their best to Mm -hmm. do what they can. I No one's ever going to be happy, so I understand that that is part of the balance. But I, you know, having had the opportunity to meet most of the city councilors throughout this process, I do believe they're doing a great job at uh, re- being, you know, being responsive to the constituency.
0: Very good, Erica Bundy Reddick. Uh, your response. Do you think city council is responding to the community's needs?
1: Uh, I do. I think that we are all human beings doing the best that we can. Do I think all of our city councilors are awesome and perfect? No, because they're human beings and no one is. And <clears throat> uh, when you live in a community of diverse people of different opinions and backgrounds and things like that, you're almost never <clears throat> going to have consensus on an issue. And so what I've learned in my experience, not just in government and in business, is there's no perfect answer there's only trade-offs so you do the best that you can given the information that you have with the resources that you have and then you move around so
0: very good uh kenan christensen what's your thoughts on city council and city government and its response to the uh, community's needs
2: I agree for the most part with my, uh, with the, my opponents that uh, city council and city government has been doing a pretty good job of listening to uh, our neighbors, but I think we can do more. I think we can support our NPAs because I think that our NPAs are one of the great drivers of local democracy, and I think that we really need to be supporting our NPAs and doing more to promote that kind of engagement. What I love about the NPAs is it's an opportunity not only for city councilors and uh, our elected officials to come in and hear directly from their constituents, but it allows us to be, it allows to have a uh, conversation between city hall, city council, and the neighborhoods that are being impacted. I remember in the 90s uh, that our MPAs had robust budgets and now we ha- they have very small budgets of about $400. And we need to be doing more to support our NPAs because that's how we're gonna engage more citizens. I think that having a community dinner up in the New North End would be another great way to get more folks down to the MPAs. I agree that social media is another great aspect of it, but our NPAs are something very special and something that we we should really be supporting.
0: Very good. Uh, time now for our closing statements. We apologize to our uh, viewers out there whose <clears> questions <throat> we weren't able to get to on the phone. Uh, but it is time now for our uh, closing comments from our candidates, 60 seconds apiece. Franklin Paulina will uh, begin with you, please.
3: Well, I want to I want to thank you for the opportunity of being able to run and being the Democratic candidate. I think it's an honor whoever gets the opportunity to represent the North District. Mm. In the last few weeks, I've been knocking on doors, taking phone calls and meetings nonstop in an effort to try to reach out to as <clears> many people and let them know who I am because I am not an issue-based candidate. I'm running on my record and my values, and I have a record of asking tough questions and, getting, and making the just decision. If I was a constituency, a, a constituent, I would want to vote for the person that I feel I can trust that I feel has a record for fighting for what's right and realistic results. We need a common sense approach and a strong voice that will bring people together. That's what you get when you vote me
0: in. I hope to have your support on March 5th. Kenan Christensen, your final uh, 60-second closing statement, please. As I said at the
2: beginning of this debate, I believe in excellence through hard work, and that's what you're going to get if you elect me. I have been running since early December. I didn't start. I didn't wait for someone to ask me to run. I ran because I knew it was my time to run. Because I knew our neighborhood needed a strong voice on city council, and I knew that folks just didn't feel like their voices were being heard. I know that working together, we can find solutions to. Uh, fixing the affordability crisis in Burlington. I know that by engaging one another and having these really difficult conversations, we can find solutions to not only safety on North Avenue, but we can find solutions to climate change, and we can bring community services out to the new North End. I have been tirelessly knocking doors for six weeks now. I have knocked on over 700 doors, and I'm going to continue that hard work when I'm elected as your next city councilor. Thank you.
0: Erica Bunny reddick your final closing
1: statements, please. Thank you. And thank you everyone for being here and being with us and uh, considering and and being involved. Uh, The most important and really the only thing uh, that we have to do as citizens of this country and this city is vote. That is our one most important job, in my opinion. And uh, I am super excited for the opportunity to be a part of helping keep Burlington amazing. we have something really unique and really special here. And I brag all the time when I travel about how independent thinking Vermonters are and how fiercely prideful we are and, and, and also fiercely loyal and how much we love our community and love our neighbors and love all of the buildings and the environment and the trees and, um, and we can keep all of those things and bring conscious economic development so that the burden of taxes is not on the 56% of listed properties that are taxable. (laughs) So let's bring some business here. Thank
0: you. My thanks to our candidates for joining us here this evening and very best of luck to each of them on March 5th. A reminder that early voting is underway. You can request your ballot at your local town clerk. And join us for complete election night coverage on Tuesday, March 5th, beginning at 7 p.m. here on Channel 17. For all of us at Town Meeting Television, I'm Matt Kelly. Thank you for watching.